Welcome to the Rever- mm, no, okay. Right, right off the bat. Welcome to the Reverse Psychology Rewind. This is a bonus episode discussing the recently released new season of Frasier. It's episode seven, Freddy's Birthday. If you haven't watched that episode yet, uh, you could probably listen to this, but you're probably going to want to watch the episode first to avoid any spoilers. I'm Curtis Shack. Joining me, Ryan Sansone. Curtis, I thought you were trying to do a, a live version of the drop you do for the rewind sound. <laughs> Now I have to leave that in. <laughs> I'm excited um, to be here then. Good I, good. I love mistakes. You must love this podcast then. Just start us off. This is the the episode we get where, where Lilith comes back. And I have to congratulate you on predicting that very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the obvious move. And it turned out it was the obvious move. And they, they took the obvious path. So thank you, writers. Your predictability has been helpful this season. This is one of the very few episodes we, we've known the title of since before they started releasing episodes like for some reason there were like a handful of episodes they released titles of but not all of them i don't know how that works but i i had seen freddie's birthday listed for weeks and weeks and weeks oh that's and never never made the connection never never i i knew that there'd be a little hop never made the connection that this would be the one so and you well, think, like as soon as i said it you were like this is gonna be a little tough. i think if you know like if you see ahead of time like six weeks ahead of time you're like oh or, maybe lilith will show up before they'll have a blowout blow up or something you know whatever by the time we got into the next episode's his birthday we have what four episodes to go it's like obviously that's the lilith one yeah. and there she was in all of her frigid glory before we talk about the episode though when was last time you had a birthday party at a bowling alley yeah i don't i don't know if i've ever had a birthday party at a bowling alley but you never you never been to one uh, i've never hosted one i've never I've, it's never been my birthday at a bowling alley is what i'm saying yeah yeah when was the last time you attended a, a birthday oh, party see. at a bowling alley because uh, i also I, never hosted one uh i would have had to have been a child i think like everyone yeah i don't even think that's that weird you know for him and his firefighter buddies to go to the bowling alley for his but like sure why not like it's it's an activity i can see that being a thing but that he invites his mom and dad at all to his birthday party and apparently she goes every year to his birthday party <laughs> what this is like Vitaly level yeah this is strange I thought for a second it was just going to be Fraser Lilith and Freddie at the bowling alley. That would have been weird. It felt like that's where we were going for a minute, and that would have been very weird. It would be weird to do that at the bowling alley. It would not be that weird for him to like have a, a dinner or something with his parents for his birthday. Yeah, those are very different activities. After my graduation party from high school, I don't know that I've ever thrown a party that I invited both friends and immediate family. I mean, obviously a wedding is something where you do that, but that's a very specific type of party. I can't think of the last time I had a birthday party, per se. Yeah. Court's thrown me some, I guess I guess there were parties, but it's not the way you'd like think of a party. Uh, I definitely would, wouldn't have invited my parents by any means. Does he? No. Did he throw the party himself? It, it's not really clear the logistics of it. And you know, we're in this podcast, a huge fan of logistics. Big logistics fans. In this case, it's really strange because he does seem to be the facilitator. The closest we get to somebody else organizing anything for him is David. Which he, he asked David not to do it. Right. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, should we should we uh, formally uh, dive into, into this episode? Well, I, I, I'm... I'm trying to get you to invite me to your birthday party at a bowling alley and you refuse to do so. So I guess so. Look, don't wait by the mail. It ain't coming. The invite. <laughs> and it's not because I'm not going to do it. I'm all in. I'm, I'm now very excited for my next birthday to be at a bowling alley with all of my friends and all of my immediate family. I'm only going if both your parents are there. Yeah. Well, you're not going. So oh, okay. Stop asking. <laughs> all right, fine. Let's talk about the show then. <laughs> 
let's start with uh, Alan, who yeah. uh, we generally like. In this episode, I wouldn't say they give him great stuff to do. But my biggest problem, really, his whole plot is just trying to get Lilith to remember him from when she met him at their wedding. And she refuses to. And at some point, it seems pretty clear she's intentionally messing with him. It also seems at other times like she genuinely doesn't remember him. But the thing I, I don't get is, why does he care? He seems like a guy who doesn't care about this kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I thought when we first see Alan, he comes in and he just, he seems off, right? He sees Lilith and just at no point does he kind of recover uh, until they're all making fun of him. And then he kind of slips back into fun Alan. Yeah. I, the the it, This is kind of the same problem they had with Frasier when he first shows up is the Lilith energy that like the way everyone's reacting to Lilith is super weird and never quite justified. I don't think this is the cheers Lilith we saw. I don't, I haven't seen the Frasier parts yet, but the way everyone behaves around her is odd, including Alan. I mean, there is an element where Frasier seems disdainful of her. Which he he later says. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should say Fra- Fraser's the only one who acts normal around her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Let's say that 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 relationship it seems intact to me. That doesn't yeah, yeah. seem off. Sorry, I meant the surrounding the, the firemen. The, the, yeah, the firemen the, seem very warm to her, which is yeah. strange. The guy at the bowling alley seems very frightened of her, uh, which is a bit of fun. But I don't. I, I'm trying to imagine what she could have said or done the last time he saw her that she would still remember her and be so deferential. He gives her free food that she doesn't even want. I, I was fine with him as well. It was more the fireman being strange. I, I can kind of draw up a world where Lilith would do something really weird to scare the shit out of Chip, but I, I have no idea why the firemen enjoy her presence and are also kind of differential. I think these firefighters are literally just amiable people. They get along with anyone because they really like Frazier too. And they like Freddie. And they love David. Like, there's nobody we've seen them interact with where they're anything short of welcoming and enamored by. I can't. We better get an episode where they absolutely are, are disdainful to somebody. That'd be really nice to see what their scale of people is. Uh, we, we're kind of jumping all over the place, but I do want to just get back a little bit to the the subplot with Alan because really my biggest laugh. They, they've got this kind of running joke where he shows up in a white suit to recreate what he wore. I guess he says it is the clothes he wore at their wedding. I don't know why he held on to the suit, but okay. If it fits, Kurt, it fits. Fair you don't enough. throw out a good white suit. There are a lot of jokes at his expense, you know, mocking him for, for dressing this way. He's obviously the simple country lawyer who doesn't have a lot of fancy book learning, but knows the good people of this parish. Oh, Frederick, please, don't insult the supervillain who squared off against James Bond at the Monte Carlo Casino. Boys, please. They're just joking. I know who you are. So go ahead and welcome us to Jurassic Park. I just thought that was a very funny line. It was the best comparison, too. It was it was definitely old what's his face. Yeah. Old beard guy. They gave her the gold for sure. Yeah. Oh, there's, a, there's a couple of good barbs. The reason that I think those barbs work is because Alan is a fun punching bag. Like he's having a good time with it. And then even leans Absolutely. into the jokes. There was maybe like one or two that really missed, but I, I liked it. He orders a dirty mojito, which I don't think is a thing. I've never heard of any. Uh, that's the first time I've ever heard of that drink. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Do it. I didn't know what a dirty mojito was. And I, I didn't, I didn't so really I don't think it's real. <laughs> 
what isn't real? It's definitely not real. And I, I at first just thought it was something I didn't know about. But the idea that he wants a mojito with olive juice is so vile. Well, a dirty martini is one of the best alcoholic drinks you can have. Like, I, it's my favorite fancy drink. I don't know why it's fancy. It's just vodka and olives and olive juice. But for some reason, that qualifies as fancy. It's delightful. Once well, it's once right. you put it in a cup that's impossible not to spill with, it's, <laughs> it's very... All the fanciest people want to be so timid with their drink. Yeah, once you're playing the drinking version of Jenga, sure. Obviously, the fancy <laughs> goes through the roof. As someone who hates mint, it is hard to picture like olive juice mixed with mint. We, we've seen him obsess over fine whiskey. And we've seen him uh, generally being uh, an alcohol guy. But the idea that suddenly his drink of choice for 30 years, he's been he's been choosing this. Was he a younger man making weird decisions, trying to make like his weird mark on the world? And now he's just doing a callback to get like Lilith, you know, to remember him? He seemed over it at that point. He, I don't, I don't feel like he was even aware of her presence when he placed that order. Yeah, I think you're right. We're, we're supposed to assume he always gets a dirty mojito. I think we gotta, Kurt. We gotta try it next time we're at the bar. We gotta oh, order no. a dirty mojito. Maybe it's magic. I don't know. Once upon a time uh, on this podcast, I made a choice to uh, eat food from the show, and I've never repeated that choice. Every time there's been a drink or a food from the show, I've not made the choice to go get it, and that's just a mistake. I need to. I need to you get were, back in the swing. You were rewarded with the only time you tried it, so. It was amazing. If you haven't been listening to the full series of Reverse Psychology, uh, I mean, you want to know what we're talking about, you might want to go back to a little episode called High Holidays. It is uh, one of our best episodes, I think. Normally, this is a food tasting podcast. Okay, so now we can jump to the the end of this subplot, which is the first uh, scene Olivia's even in, and she doesn't get to talk because it's tossed salads. Loved um, it. You so love funny. this. Fun you no, well, I don't know about loved. I loved this use of Olivia. Oh, I see. Even though she's she's kind of been good for the last couple episodes. I, I was worried we were gonna ruin it here. And we didn't you, because we just didn't let her talk. You liked this toss salad screen? I didn't understand it. This is one of the first ones I was like, I didn't know what they're doing with this. They're just making a call back to him being a, an evil guy. I get that. I think they were doing James Bond villain. Most of the time it's truly a silent bit. In this one, it seems like there's a lot of dialogue we just aren't hearing. And I'm like, what are they talking about? I can do this. Olivia walks in. She goes, Alan, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I'm being an evil guy. She's like, why? And he's like, because I'm dressed like a James Bond villain. And she's like, why are you here? It's after hours. And where's the light switch? Why haven't I turned it on yet? Yeah, again, getting right to logistics, which is the core principle of the show. I'm presuming this is after the party. Why is he going back to work? It's clearly late at night. Why is she still there? Why is she going into his office? Like, the setup just doesn't land for me. I don't know why this would happen. Like, I get the joke that he is pretending to be a Bond villain. I'm sorry. You're doing some assumptioning here. Why do you think Alan lives somewhere? Oh, you think this is just, that's his home? We have no reason to believe he has a home. Once the bar closes, he probably just heads to Harvard and he just sits in his office with his cat. You think that... When Fraser was assigned to split the office with him and he made zero objections, seemed that apartment excited became about a it. duplex. That's right. Okay. The better question is why was Olivia there? And it's because she's a nerd. I want to believe you're right that he lives there. Fraser is a man who has purchased an entire apartment building with lots and lots of money, Curtis. He's gifted both his son and his neighbor, Eve, like a place to live <laughs> for free. And he 
has said multiple times that Alan is, is his best friend. So I have no reason to believe he is unaware that Alan is living like this. And I have no reason to believe he hasn't offered to put him up. I think Alan is choosing to live like this. Yeah, I don't think Alan cares. I think he's wildly unbothered. I think we like him more. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> it does kind of track with the things we've seen in his uh, office, like including the cat house. We yeah. know the cat can sleep, though. It's true. I hope in the last few episodes we get to see, like, his makeshift bed or, like, how he showers or something. Yeah, I hope he has, like, the George Costanza bed. Exactly. Under the desk. This is better than my bed at home. All right, Kurt, we covered the episode. Should we get out of here? I think uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, jump back and talk a little bit about uh, the meat and potatoes. <laughs> Most of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, the triumphant return of B.B. Newworth. Yeah, the intro to her was about as unassuming as you would kind of expect for her character. She is sitting down and Fraser shows up to her. It's just the kind of low energy you get from Lilith. It's not like she's hiding from him. He has to see that table at a very specific angle to not recognize his own ex-wife. Freddie seems upset that they're interacting at all. He, he's, he goes to great lengths to keep them separate. Why did he bring her... To the bar that Fraser hangs out at all the time. Oh, again, you want to tackle the logistics. It's as far as we know, Harvard has one bar. We have to assume that the Cheers bar is too far away. And this is the only place that anyone can drink in Harvard. Yeah, yeah. This must be the townie bar of Harvard, right? Because we don't see college students there. You know, this being a show about psychiatrists, I think it's fair to assume that that, uh, subconsciously, Freddie did want his parents to get back together. Oh, you think he parent-trapped them? Let's get together, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is a parent-trap episode. (laughs) I only have a father, and you only have a mother. Oh, yeah? You've never seen your dad, and I've never seen my mom. So you think we're twins or not yet? You have one old picture of your mom, and I have one old picture of my dad. Yeah, like in that Lindsay Lohan movie about the twins. Boy, did that not work out for him. Yeah. Oof. I mean, not to jump at the end, but deeply disturbing how this episode ends. <laughs> they leaned into the fact that Lilith looks like a witch. She looked very much like a witch in a way that she didn't in the last episode we saw in Frasier. I think I'm very used to her having tightly pulled back hair. So having kind of shorter hair that is uh, looser is, it doesn't look bad. It just, it's not what I'm used to seeing. It looked fine. She just, I, I was with Frasier. Before he made any jokes, it's like, she looks very witchy. She could easily cast a spell tonight. Eve pulls the, my son's not going to have a dad card. Pretty cavalierly, I feel like. Freddie, maybe this is a chance for you and your parents to work things out. Give me one good reason I should try. Because my son will never be in the same room with both his parents? Quite an angle. Invoking your deceased boyfriend. You in a lot of arguments that way? Haven't lost yet. She seems fully over the death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's like, you, you are pulling that out way too much. Especially to a guy who's helping support your child. He is a flippant person. And so I, I, I think it's, it's less that she's being cavalier about this very serious topic. I think it's more just her, her way in general. I think she's pulling the card out too much. That's all I'm saying. Let Freddie live his life. He's going to be miserable either way. And by the way, it ends up going horribly for him. So thanks, Eve. You wasted your card. Yeah, he went from having one parent at his his bowling party to no parents at his party to both parents at his party in like two and a half minutes. <laughs> like there, It's like the reason you go to a bowling alley as an adult with a bunch of friends, unless you're super, super into bowling, which they don't seem like they care at all. I don't think they throw a single ball. We don't see any actual bowling taking place. Not even pretend bowling. Not even like they just kind of make the motion 
and you don't see the ball off off screen, like none of that. Yeah, so you're going there for cheap beer, which is fine, a good activity. But if you have someone foot in the bill, you don't go to a fucking bowling alley. You right. go to a place that sells cocktails and stuff. Right. Yeah, Freddie is. I don't think he'd have made it. I don't think he'd have made it in Harvard. This explains why he was in such dire situation financially when the the series starts. Like he doesn't know how to take advantage of an opportunity. It's wild that he's like, "Oh, I'll go from not my parents coming to both of them coming for if you buy paying like thirty dollars for for a couple of uh, pitchers." Like Freddie, you're you're selling yourself too cheap, my man. Well, maybe it's more expensive than we think because um, obviously we're living in a world full of inflation, and this <laughs> is a bowling alley that is so like tight wadded that they take your shoes as collateral. Have you ever experienced that? That's literally every bowling alley ever. What are you talking about? Really? You do a shoe exchange. I've been to many different bowling alleys in my life. Never once have I done a shoe exchange. I've done where every, they get obviously- every single one. They always give you the shoes, sure, but you don't take your shoes off and hand them to the man behind the counter. 90% of the time, I gave my shoes back. That's crazy. I've never Why? heard of this. It's it's simple. Like, What are you going to do with your extra shoes? You just leave them underneath the chair you're sitting at. I will say I think that's been my last couple experiences. But no, usually it's the shoe exchange. W- were these all uh, around the country? Or are these all in one city that you've done it that way? Uh, good question. Uh, maybe it's a regional thing. Maybe. Uh, I didn't grow up in Harvard, if that's what you're implying. Mm, I was hoping you did. Yeah, well, it would have been nice, but didn't. That fascinates me. I Like, I literally thought it was a weird sitcom thing. I grew up in PA. I mean, I guess I only did in Pittsburgh. As soon as I crossed to the Ohio line, uh, I don't recall actually doing it in ohio yeah i grew i grew up in ohio never did it I, i've gone bowling here in chicago never never once has anybody ever said uh we need to, we need to collect your shoes i guess the midwest just assumes that you won't steal shoes and uh pittsburgh's as you know part of the east coast we don't trust people in the east no a lot of a lot of, a lot of shoe thieves i mean can you imagine walking around town in stolen bowling shoes like bradwood that kind of like fits his aesthetic <laughs> anyway yeah Brad's Brad's exactly why the, the East Coast has that policy. Hundred <laughs> percent. In Baltimore, for sure, they're collecting their shoes. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, so David shows up just immediately, bummed out as soon as he stepped up. He, he walks out, and you're like, "Oh no!" They remembered David's on the cast. Bummer. The thing I want to talk about with David is for a big chunk of the scene, he's sitting in the back. While everybody else is in the forefront having dialogue and engaging and and presumably bowling. And what I noticed is David has this sullen face. Like he's he has nothing to do in the scene. He's just <laughs> sitting there and he seems really sort of sad about it. And I'm not convinced that was an acting choice. I think maybe <laughs> the actor was just really bummed that he had to be at work, but all he could be was an extra for those. Those shooting hours. <laughs> I mean, it makes like Selden does not seem like an emotion David really gets. Mm-hmm. So right. that is interesting. Uh, maybe he was just trying to work out a time to jump into the conversation and couldn't find a spot. I don't know. I was not looking at David. I was trying to ignore his presence. <laughs> it's funny that my eyes are drawn to it because I'm not usually one to catch background things or to to notice little details like that. Uh, I, I usually focus on whatever the show wants me to focus on. But somehow, a character I find slightly annoying 
is the thing I was watching. I think this was the best use of David we've seen so far, though. I think he was fairly contained in his, like the stupidity, and anything he was doing kind of made sense, which is a welcome change. When we get the uh, callback to Goth Freddy. That is so good. That was Goth. Yes, which I guess you kind of have to, because that is the last time we see Freddy. It would be weird not to have made some reference to him at some point. I appreciate the reference, but I also still very much feel the character we saw in classic Frasier is just a different person than we... Like, in this episode, we've got a Freddy who cries at the sight of a a football... I think it was a a football player, right? Yeah, what? They... He was holding a football. What do you mean? So they, they talk about him winning the Super Bowl. What do you mean? Yeah. So he cried. He, they make fun like, of sports ball people, but they clearly laid out that he was a football player. I know. I know. So, so I didn't know. So I. <laughs> so he's like crying over like the Pats winning or whatever. Why is he this deeply invested in sports? He didn't seem necessarily like the intellectual that Frazier is. But he definitely, as a kid, didn't seem like a sportsy kid. He was a god. Wait, wait a minute. He was like 12 when we saw him. I mean, sure. And I, I, I don't I, think I started watching football when I was 15. Really? Yeah. I, like, it was uh, 10th grade. I remember it vividly. I was like, this is the year I'm getting into. F- I, I was always interested in it. I just was like, I'm never sitting down to watch it. That's very interesting. Well, now that I think about it, my brother, Ethan, uh, is a is a sporto. He's somebody who, who cares a, a lot about <laughs> he cares a lot about sports. I'm pretty sure he would have been past the age of 12 when that developed because we were a nerd family through and through. Um, so he was not raised on sports, but somehow you, where do you said past tense, considering all of your family's been on the Fraser podcast? Uh, what past tense are you referring to? You said we were a nerd family. Well, now we've got a, a sporto in the, in the mix. <laughs> so. I'm sorry, I forgot there was a sporto around. I'm sorry, I got so focused on the fact that you said were. What was your point? I was agreeing with you. I was saying uh, yeah. that my, maybe I should let go this idea that Freddie should connect better to the, the Freddie we saw given that people do change, people do grow up, and some of the what seem very radical changes are things that can happen. So I do want to give Bibi Newith credit because she comes back, she slips right back into the role. She does an amazing performance. Again, the older cast members just shine in this show. They do not waste her. She's not a cameo. She is a star of this episode. And she kills it through and through. So this is interesting. I thought Frazier and Lilith did not have the chemistry they had last time we saw them. I didn't think that they popped as much together, but I thought Lilith was a star. I thought she she absolutely rocked the house this episode. Frazier actually, I thought, took a little bit of a backseat. That, I think that's true i which is kind of his whole complaint this episode i think the difference is in the last time you saw lilith it was season 11 they knew it was the very last time she was going to be on the show and they were giving her kind of a send-off whereas in this episode they're just excited to have her back and are excited to have some fraser lilith barbs back and forth so I think it's a different dynamic. Do you think they're expecting they're going to have Lilith again? Because there's no chance, right? No, I, I have no expectation. She will show up in the last three episodes. And I don't think a season two is happening, but I'll be, I'll be, we'll see what happens. You'll be thrilled. You'll be pleased to sponge. Yeah, that's the word I'd use. Oh, uh, one other thing I want to talk about. So not enough drunk acting. It's an open bar. The, the, the beer is flowing. We really only get Eve doing that, right? No one else even makes a shot. I don't think that was a good drunk acting. Actually, they're behaving, I think. It's also an open bar. So 
I'm a tipsy bit tiny. Okay, we can fix that because what? when do we see her doing the drunk acting? It's when Freddie's talking to the girl. Oh, I see. Yeah, that is Eve doing some real drunk acting and we know she's a bad actress. Uh, so you don't think the character is drunk you th- and the actress who's playing her is bad at acting. You think the character is not drunk but pretending to be and is herself a bad actress. That's correct. Interesting. <laughs> well, because she's crowding him and like... He's clearly hitting it off. You can see that from 10 miles away. And Eve's like, oh, for no reason whatsoever, I'm going to go check out the basketball area. And I'm just so hammered. Oh, I just don't know what to do. Oh, Freddie, what's going on? Oh, hot girl, what's going on? And she just doesn't leave. You're picking up on something that I can't deny is there, but I don't really feel any chemistry between Eve and Freddie at all. So the idea that they're anything more than friends, I'm just, I'm not picking up any of these little uh, hints. I think Freddie can't, and Eve is trying to tell herself she can't, but she's into it. Don't, don't let anyone fool you. Okay. Certainly don't let Eve's bad acting fool you. Well, and then we got to talk about the, them doing it in his bed. Why were they in his room in the first place? She wanted to see where he sleeps. Yeah. Yeah. That was sort of the excuse. She wanted to, to see where he's living. If your mom wants to see your room, it's so that she can like talk to you about any weird choices you've made in there. Like having a beer sign, a neon beer sign on all the time in your room. Very strange maneuver. Okay. We can, we can talk about the set dressing because it's a strange bedroom. No question. Yeah. She calls it suitable. I don't know what her metric is. In some ways it's impeccable. Like he's got this bookshelf that's perfect. He's got like a perfectly made bed with way too many pillows for a, a single man. I was trying not to be single, Kurt. Sometimes you huh? gotta get some pillows. But you know what? If if you're going that route, maybe don't leave the neon beer sign on at all yeah. hours. Even when yeah, you're not I don't there. know. He's got some trophies and some like sports memorabilia. Like I'm not saying these things don't make sense for this character to have in his room. Sort of some weird choices of decor you don't have your trophies in your bedroom do you as someone who no longer owns trophies i feel like i say you put them in the hall you put them on display for other people not for i guess yourself every night well in fairness frazier was not going to display anything out it's in the bedroom or it's in the trash those are the options oh okay fair enough that that also explains the beer sign doesn't it absolutely yeah that's not going anywhere but the bedroom How, how are you sleeping with a neon sign right over your bed i don't know Anyway, so they, they start making out because nothing hotter than your adult son's bedroom and your elderly ex. They got lost in the moment, Kurt. Can't blame him for that. The problem is that they sat down in the bed to, and then got into their feels. The other problem is you, you know that in the Fraser apartment, you can't hear anyone coming. That's the real problem for yeah. both them and Freddie. I like that his date is like several steps behind. Like he ran ahead of her. Yeah, um, probably just... to turn off the beer sign um, <laughs> to to turn down his trophies. But then, like, as soon as she walks in and she realizes this is some kind of weird orgy situation, she gets the hell out of there, which could move. Well, Ryan, was this episode good, bad or ugly? I do not know. This is the <laughs> I'm not giving it good uh, as much as I liked uh, Lilith. I think it's ugly we ended up talking a lot of logistics and i think for good reason there's some just confusing choices made across the board if you want to give it bad i think i'd be okay with that i liked some of the runners 
I actually thought this was the best use of David. This is probably the worst use of Allen, at least on the amount of minutes we gave him. Frazier kind of played a backseat. So I don't know. It was a weird episode all over the place. I think I'm going ugly. With Allen, it's also true that usually he's sort of driving the humor, whereas this episode, he's much more being joked at. Yeah, I, I was fine with, for the most part. I didn't like his desperation to get Lilith to remember him. I think I felt this way the last few episodes. I want it to be good so bad. Like, I really want to like this, and, and I want to to be complimentary to it. And this one has a lot of Lilith, which I do really like. I do think she did a great job. It's, it's again, it's a mixed bag. I'd say this is definitely on the border again, uh, like you're saying, but I think... This is a Nostalgia Train episode in a Nostalgia Train series. I would say they really finally are are pulling off what the promise of this kind of was. It was never really the promise. I mean, I think they want it to be a new show, but the promise was let's bring Frasier back and relive some old memories. And this is the first one that really delivers on that, I think. Oh, that's interesting. I did not get the nostalgia meter out of this. I didn't think it was the Lilith Frasier we've seen in the past. Mm. And so it was, it was mostly just, here's Lilith, there's your quick nostalgia bit. And then I, I thought it was just them in a different show. Well, that's because it is. but It is, but like that's, that's how I felt about the interaction too. Like You could have done their storyline a lot differently if you're going purely the nostalgia realm they really still tried to develop the freddy character with her with with them in a way that i don't i don't think we needed to we've talked before we don't need freddy to just continue to be like a a 12 year old like when we saw him last time and they really hit it hard here whereas like you might as well have done that a couple episodes ago if that's what we're if that's the story we were telling because we've already moved past it like freddy and fraser buds now we don't have to keep like throwing in these weird bits where we constantly revert him back to a child. In the previous episodes, Freddie was a bitter at his father adult. And and now right. it's not a bitterness at his father. He is like sad that his parents don't get along. Like that's the version of Freddie we get is the guy who who wants his parents to get along and Are you saying that you you like where they put it or do you uh also wish it was in a different spot in the in the season? No, I, I think... I'm not going to say I like it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm officially going to say this is a good episode for the what? sake of Wait, us oh. having... Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> for the sake of us having to choose good, bad, or ugly, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and cast this as good. I feel like I'm a little bit stingier than you are with the goods, at least the last few episodes. And I'm just ready to give that. It's, if I'm being honest, this is the none one? of these are good. None this... of these are good. They're I all... Think the way... The way Bad. you were saying it, there's no big laugh. There's not even like really there little is. laughs. I really like the dress. You, you. I don't think you can um, fully appreciate how much the Jurassic Park line is carrying this rating. We do not see eye to eye. I think on any point of this episode, other than we're glad David wasn't used more. I, even that, I don't know. I would have loved to have seen more <laughs> background sullen. David. He's all I could stare at. I would love it if the rest of the series he doesn't have any lines of dialogue. He's not at the forefront of the scene. He's just constantly in the background for some reason, seeming sad. <laughs> Somehow I like that. Uh, I mean, I'm not opposed to that. I won't be watching that part because I'll be watching the show, but I, that is fun. Weird choice with the show, but sure. 
Uh, well, we're going to be back next week, but uh, it is Thanksgiving when they're releasing the next episode, which oh, no. I guess in a streaming world you can do. So anyway, we are probably going to be pretty late getting out the next bonus episode, but it will come. The next episode is episode eight, The Bee Story. Don't worry, gang. We're going to make sure that you have something to do while you're chowing down on pumpkin pie. We dropped, we dropped this day of, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Well, that will do it for us. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for theme music. I know a lot of you have come specifically for the new Frasier, but I do strongly encourage you to stick around and listen to our mainline season 10 episodes. Some of you might have gone back and listened to our very first episode, which was the Frasier finale, and then decided this rewind thing we're doing isn't for you. You'll stick to the bonus episodes. I just want to promise you, we do get better you maybe want to sample some of our more recent episodes before you completely write off our mainline episodes. First episode's fine. You guys will be fine. Adios, muchachos. How about the, the breakfast that Fraser makes for Freddie? I don't remember. Oh my God, I hate you. It's an Eggs Benedict with a lobster, a, a what do you call it? A truffle lobster Ugh. something? You're the worst. Lobster, bad enough. Truffle is gross. I'm sorry. Truffle's not head. good. It's hard to talk to you sometimes. <laughs> I just hate things that taste good. It's possible I don't dislike truffle. I dislike cheap manufactured truffle flavored things. Still incorrect, but I understand the take. Imitation truffle still tastes great. It doesn't, but okay. 